0: So, we're in the midst of our series, Red. This is part three, and as I've mentioned before, it goes all the way through Easter Sunday. And every week, we've started off this series, every every sermon, we've started off with a little skit, kind of get you understanding what we're going to be talking about and laughing a little bit, because how many of you know it's okay to laugh in church? Okay? So, uh, I want to make sure you sit back, you stay tuned to what God wants to speak to you through this little skit this morning.
1: Hello. Hi. My name is Jenny. I'll be your waitress tonight. Are you ready to order? No, not yet. I'm waiting for my husband. He's meeting me here for our anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Well, I'll come back to order for both of you. Thank you. Ma'am, it's been about 20 minutes. Are you ready? I know. I'm sorry. I'm still waiting for him. He should be here any minute now. Okay. Well, I'll come back. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's me, Diane Josephine Julie River Water. But my friends call me Betty. And I can't help it, but every time over here people speak, I just want to go and help them. Like that poor lady over there, I really want to help her, but I shouldn't get involved, so I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to keep on singing. Honey, honey, I am so, so, so sorry I'm late. I got stuck at work and I got caught up in traffic. I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to be this late. And I know it's our anniversary. No, you know what? Don't even start. You're unbelievable. I can't believe you would do this to me today. Out of all days, our anniversary. How many times do I have to forgive you for either standing me up or being late? No, I'm not going to forgive you this time. No, this for is Forgive. Oh. It's just not.
0: I understand, honey, but I promise this is not going to happen again. This is the last time. I promise. Please forgive me. Please.
1: Forgive. I- Congratulations. You made it. Uh, yeah, Are you, you guys ready to order? No, not yet. Uh, Forgive! Do you even work here? Well, I'll come back when you're ready to order. Thank you. And solve your issues. Uh, Friends, friends, I I was hearing your conversation. I I didn't want to get involved, but you know... (laughs) Let me just share this with you. Sit! (laughs) Sit! We're all friends! We're all friends! Sit, sit, sit! You know, in the Bible... My my Bible! Where's... where's, Do you guys have a Bible? Thanks. She's such a great waitress. You guys should leave her a tip. Anyways, and Jesus in the Bible says, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Matthew 6, 14. Yeah, but I've, I've already forgiven him so many times. How many times? Peter also asked Jesus this question. He said, how many times should I forgive someone? He said, not seven, but 70 times seven. Matthew eighteen twenty two.
0: But it's true that I've done this countless times. There's no reason for her at this point to forgive me.
1: Oh, friends, friends. Oh. Excuse me. Each <laughs> other's hands. Look into each other's eyes. I said, look. <laughs> Let the love and forgiveness of God overflow into each other's hearts and also accept his grace and forgiveness. You know what? She's right. <sighs> I forgive you.
0: Thank you, honey. I love you. <sighs>
1: This is better than Dr. Phil. Happy honorary Ma'am, uh, ma'am, my, my manager says you don't work here, and quite frankly, you can't even sing. If you don't leave, we're gonna call the cops. Again? Ugh. I'm not going to jail. I'm not Apostle Paul. Oh.
0: <laughs> and you can always count on Betty. I started off by saying it's good to laugh in church. It's okay. But as you can see today, we're going to talk about a tough one. We're going to talk about a topic, topic called forgiveness. You know, let me tell you a little bit something about forgiveness. Everyone wants to be forgiven, but many like to withhold forgiveness. Man, so many of us are like that. If we mess up, we want people to quickly forgive us, but let somebody step on our right toe. And we're going to hold that grudge so the day we die, or they die, or we both die. But no, forgiveness is essential. And like I said, we all want to receive it, but many people don't want to give it. And we're called to not only receive forgiveness, we're called to give forgiveness. I want to make sure you got this as we get into it today. See, when you come to Christ, you are called to, or you do receive that forgiveness, but you're also called to give that forgiveness out. Now, when you talk about what forgiveness is, forgiveness It's given because of love, because of mercy, because of grace. It's an act of love, mercy, and grace. I mean, think about the fact that we are able to receive forgiveness from our sins because of God's love. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's an act of love. It's an act of mercy. What do you mean it's an act of mercy? Well, forgiveness is not given because you deserve it. A little news fast for you. You did not deserve and I don't deserve to be forgiven for what I've done that keeps me away from God. See how many people are like, oh, but I've never killed anybody, or I've never done this, or I've never done that, because we give classifications to sin. But sin is sin before the eyes of God. I mean, think about something for a second. What does the Bible say is the penalty of sin? Death. And perhaps maybe not a physical death, but a spiritual death. In Genesis, when God creates man and he puts them in the garden, he gives them a rule. You can eat anything except for that one tree. So what happens? Adam eats of the fruit when his wife eats it and gives it to him. And the Bible says that the minute he ate the fruit, his eyes were opened and saw his nakedness. Adam and Eve walked around the garden, Without any clothes on, and didn't make anything of it, kind of like an innocent child, right? When you have children, your baby, they can, you know, you you change their diaper, you do their stuff, they walk around, they don't have a, a thing. No, it's this, it's normal. It's a baby. It's a, it's a thing. But you start to teach them that it's not appropriate to be walking around without any clothes on, right or not? Those of you that have girls, my wife and I have girls. We started teaching them at a very early age, since they were about three years old, that when you wear a dress, you put little shorts on under. Why? Because you start teaching them then so that as they grow older, they will maintain that modesty and know how to carry themselves. Because it is not appropriate to be going out there showing your stuff. It's not right. It's not appropriate. So Adam and Eve, they saw their nakedness. Sin entered because he killed somebody? No, because of disobedience. You guys get that, right? For all the people that are like, oh, but I live a good life. I don't hurt anybody. Sin entered the world because of one act of disobedience. And it cost him relationship with God. And then what did, what did Adam do at that moment? He turned around and hid and God calls him. And then when God calls him, Adam hides and he's, and God's like playing, right? God plays, he, he, he kind of like let Adam give him a little bit of rope. He's like, Adam, where are you? Kind of like you do with your little kids, don't you? Right? Samantha right now is at that phase. She'll she'll hide right here. But because she's behind one little thing, she thinks you can't see her, right? And I'm like, Sammy, where are you? Or when I take her out of the bath, I just cover her in a towel. And I'm like, where's the baby? And then she goes, here I am, right? Like, So God's like playing that with Adam. Adam's like hiding and God's like, Adam, where are you? are you and finally adam pops out and says we we were naked and so we hid matter of fact the bible says that they covered themselves with fig leaves so god asked them the question how do you know that you're naked have you eaten of the fruit and then the blame game started adam looks The woman that you made for me, God. It was her. All her. God's like, I gave the rule to you. Right? Sin caused separation. You want me to give you another example of that separation? We learned in week, last week, when we talked about temptation, that temptation, come on, remind me, temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. How can I say that? The book of Hebrews clearly states, for Jesus was tempted in everything, yet without sin. So you can be tempted without falling into sin, right? So we talked about overcoming temptation. Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. He lived a perfect life, and he's hanging on the cross of Calvary, and all of a sudden, Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the minute that our sin Came upon Jesus. And the result of that was a spiritual death where God turned his back on Jesus for the first time ever. Why did Jesus go through that? For this guy. For you and you and you and you. Jesus, who knew no sin, took on sin so that you and I might have the freedom. In God, if that's not an act of love and of mercy and of grace, I don't know what is. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7, Ephesians 1, 7. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his... Let's read it one more time. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Again, it's an act of love, mercy, and grace. Now, this word forgiveness... I'm going to put up the definition. This word forgiveness in the original language is the word of feces. And it means release from bondage or imprisonment. Dismissal, sending away and forgiveness with the added quality of canceling out all judgment, punishment, obligation or debt. One more time. Release from bondage or imprisonment. Dismissal. I'm sorry, I spelled that wrong. Dismissal. The really one bad thing about using the red background is that you don't see the red squiggly line (laughs) that it usually has on there. My bad. Y'all forgive me for missed that typo? Thank you. Y'all good. Y'all good at forgiving. All right. Release from bondage or imprisonment dismissal, sending away, and forgiveness with the added quality of canceling out all judgment, punishment, obligation, or debt. Let me read these three verses that tell us what God does to our sins. The first one's in the book of Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41, it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions blots out erases eliminates your transgressions for my own sake and i will not remember your sins psalm 103 psalm 103 verse number i think it's three or four psalm 103 as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us so in the first verse we read says he blots them out he doesn't remember them this one it says that as far as east is from west they never meet he will get rid of our sin and micah chapter 7 micah chapter 7 verse 18 and 19 says who is a god like you pardoning or forgiving iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Verse number 19. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Did you know that there are more parts of the ocean floor that have not been explored, that have been explored? I'm gonna say that one more time. There is more part of the ocean floor that has not been explored than has been explored. Do you know why? It is so deep that they have not been able to create a vessel thick enough, to make it down there without getting crushed. I mean, let's, let's think about it simply. How many of you ever been in a swimming pool or in the beach or anything like that? Come on. A lot of you need to go to the beach. We live in Miami. Come on. <laughs> about a third of you raised your hand. But anyways, when you get in the water and you go, <gasps> and you dive under, have you ever done that before? I mean, you go down three feet and you start feeling pressure. You go down five feet, it gets deeper, more. You go down deeper and deeper. The deeper you go, the more the pressure unto a point that you can't physically equalize unless you're in some time of submarine, correct? It's the same exact type of thing. So imagine the fact of the miles of depth that our ocean has. What happens to the sin that's cast in there? It's crushed, pulverized, never to be able to be resurfaced. God says... I will blot out and remember no more. As far as the east is from the west, as foes are your transgressions from me, and I will get them, and I will cast them into the depths of the sea. Why? As an act of love, an act of mercy, and an act of grace. An act of love, an act of mercy, an act of grace. We are called, or when we come to Christ, we receive this forgiveness But church, we also got to give this forgiveness. Now, let's get scientific for a minute. Can we get scientific? Yes? No? Maybe? Come on, guys, I need you to be with me. Come on, come on. Can we get scientific for a minute? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have any of you ever heard of a small little medical institution called John Hopkins? John Hopkins is one of the leading places of medicine and studies of medicine right? Look at this study that they released. Forgiveness, your health depends on it. John Hopkins University did studies and discovered that people that hold grudges and don't forgive are exponentially more likely to suffer of heart attacks, high blood pressure, and a myriad of other diseases. So for those of you that aren't listening to the forgiveness part in the Bible standpoint, let me tell you a little bit about science. When God tells you you are called to forgive others, it's also for your health. There's some people that are dealing with heart disease and high blood pressure and other illnesses that are taking medication for it that if they just simply forgave people, wouldn't need it anymore. Now, I want to give a disclaimer. I am not anti-medicine or anti-medication. There are people that have physical illnesses in their heart or their mind, or emotions, or different things that need medication, and that's okay if you physically need it. But there's some people that are medicating, and it's a spiritual issue. So we're not called to judge. It's always a condition of the heart, and a personal relationship of the person in God. Are you with me on that? I want to make sure. Is I believe in science. Guess what? When our daughters are sick, we go to pediatric professionals. Alexandra was sick a few weeks ago. Patty wasn't here. I had the other two girls with me. And the fever spiked so much that she took her to the hospital. And I left from service straight to the hospital to check on her. We believe in medicine. But I need you to understand something. There are certain things that we are holding on to that are causing us to live a life that is not God's best. And we're trying to fix the God issue with a doctor. And we have to be able to differentiate the difference. So forgiveness, which we receive from God, we're called to now give to others. Now let me clarify a couple of points real quick. Before I get into what the scripture says. Me forgiving somebody does not excuse what they did. I want you to understand that. Because a lot of times we don't want to forgive people because we say things like, but you don't know what they did to me. It's unforgivable. I can't. Well, you forgiving is a release to you. And it does not mean that what the person did is okay. This young lady on their anniversary, forgiving her husband doesn't mean that him getting there late was okay. Okay. It just means I'm not going to hold it against you. Because what did the definition of forgiveness say? It says forgiveness with the added quality of canceling out the debt, right? Of all the judgment and all the punishment. That's what it means to forgive. So when you know, you know you forgave something when you don't bring it up. Your pastor does a lot of counselings. And one of the main things that gets dealt with in counseling is unforgiveness. And everybody always has an excuse as to why I can't forgive. And I always say this, listen, forgiveness is the fact that you don't bring it up. And what do you mean you don't forget? Do you mean you forget about it? No, I'm not saying you forget about it. But the next time we get into an argument, if I forgave you, I gave up the right to bring it up and say, but you did this 10 years ago. Because do you know that the Bible says that we have an accuser our adversary, the enemy, it's called the devil, that accuses us, but the Bible also says that we have an attorney in Christ who will defend us, who comes up and says, I paid for that debt. I will not, you cannot claim it because I have paid for it. I forgave him, and that debt has been canceled. So what does the Bible say about forgiveness? Well, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, is it chapter 6? Yes, chapter 6. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus says this to them in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse number 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or sins is the other translation for it as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen you know if you came out of Catholicism or went to Catholic school or whatever, I went to parochial school I went to uh, and I went to Catholic church in Mass since I was a little kid until I had an encounter with Christ at eight years old and we started going to a different church. And I want to clear something up. There's, there's a bunch of people sitting in Catholic churches that have a deeper relationship with Christ than a bunch of Christians sitting in Christian churches. I want to make sure you understand that, number one. Okay? Number two... We learned it when we were part of that, this is the Our Father. And when we would mess up, we'd be like, hey, you know, you got to do 10 Our Fathers or Hail Marys or whatever the case might be. And so we would pray the Our Father just as a rote memorized prayer. But that's not what Jesus was saying. The disciples asked Jesus, how do you pray? And he said, here's the model of prayer. Here's the way to break it down. You start with giving reverence unto God, Our Father, Our Father. Who art in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. Father, I thank you for in your greatness, you created me. You loved me. You see me. That's me exalting his magnitude. Do you guys get that differentiation? Right? It's a model. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you remember Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane? Did Jesus pray, your will be done? On earth as it is in heaven that's not what Jesus prayed right Jesus prayed father I don't want to go in pain so let not my if there's any other way pass this cup but let not my will be done but your will be done Jesus modeled it himself as he prayed he modeled it it's not a rote memorization of thing it's God I'm in the process of buying this house, but I have doubts. God, if this is what you want, give me a confirmation. Show me that this is the place you want me to enter. But let not what I want be done. Let what you want to be done. Does that make sense? But then he shows us that part of our prayer is, God, forgive me, but help me forgive Susie who stepped on my toe, and it really hurt. See, you forgiving someone, it's not saying that what they did was okay. It's ensuring that you can walk a healthy life, both physically and spiritually. Then he continues to say, right? He didn't end there. Then he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, disciples, everyone who hears me for the rest of time, is what Jesus is saying, right? If you don't forgive, you ain't being forgiven. How can you say that? How can, how can that be? I was having a conversation with a gentleman a few... I don't remember how long ago. I just know it was in the past. And I'm listening to this man talk to me. And he's going through all these things in his life and everything that he would begin to say and talk and, and do, I can see, I can just sense the unforgiveness inside of him. But it wasn't just unforgiveness towards somebody. It was actually unforgiveness towards himself. See, one of the main people that we have a hard time forgiving is ourself. We are the main one. We do something, and we we, we do this a million times. We're like, "Father, Father, I, I promise." right? what what did the guy say? He's like, "I'll never be late again." But like, listen, stop lying, okay? But like. You'll know you're going to be late, I mean, to your own funeral, right? Um, Like, don't lie. You're going to be late again. Because that's what we do. We're like, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. I will never do this again. 20 minutes later, doing the same exact thing. Maybe I'm the only one that needs all that forgiveness from God. But I'm not going to speak like that to my spouse again. I'm not going to do this like that again. I'm not going to do that again. And God, every single time that you come to him, forgives you. Again, what's the definition for that word of feces? It is to liberate you from bondage with the added thing, the added quality of canceling out all judgment, punishment, obligation, or debt. So not only do we receive forgiveness, we're called to give forgiveness to others. And church, we got to forgive ourselves. So I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, man, I'm sorry to cut you off, but dude, you got to forgive yourself. Pastor, I have a hard time with that. And this is what I said. I said, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? He said, yes. I said, do you believe he came and died on the cross for you? Yes. Do you believe he forgave you? Yes. Do you believe that God has forgiven you? He said, yes. And I said, then who the heck are you to not forgive yourself? And we deal because the enemy tries to bring condemnation to us. There's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. God does not operate in condemnation. God operates in conviction. And so when we are feeling that wrong and we feel to go hide from God, that's condemnation. I'm not worthy. I can't go to him. I don't deserve it. It's true. You don't. Conviction says, man, this was wrong. How can I do this to my God who loved me so much? Let me run and get right with him. Difference between condemnation and conviction. We got to remember every day, we receive forgiveness, but church, we're called to give forgiveness. In Matthew chapter, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11, verse number 25. Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. Whenever you stand praying... If you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Pastor, I've been praying for this and I don't see it happen. I don't see the hand of God. God's not hearing me. Here's a question for you. Do you got any unforgiveness in your heart? Because unforgiveness blocks you from being able to communicate with the father we've got to learn how to forgive. (laughs) Betty gave us the example of Matthew chapter 18. I love Betty. You guys love Betty? I love Betty. Matthew chapter 18, Peter, the Cuban disciple, it says in verse 21, he came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Peter's like, Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to use God's perfect number. He created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. There's so many things that deal with the seven. I've read them all. I know it. So I'm going to tell Jesus, should I forgive up to, come on, I'm good, God, seven times. And Jesus, Jesus is like, nah, not seven times. I say to you, 70 times seven now, that didn't mean Peter go to the little supermarket and buy the papyrus and a little thing to be able to write down, here's, you know, here, uh, okay, my wife, one, two, three, we made a list of 490, and every time they like, mess up, and it's like, honey, you're by number 384. You be careful. You only got 107 left, right? <laughs> That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, when you forgive, when you are feces, you do not hold a record, you cancel the debt and release the right to bring it up again. You know why? Because you can't have double jeopardy. You were accused, but Jesus paid the price and acquitted you. Therefore, you can't be charged with it again. And when somebody, you forgive them, you can't bring it up again. Oh, but pastor, watch, I'm gonna, I hear this one a lot. Pastor, they didn't apologize. They haven't said, I'm sorry. And if they would simply say, I'm sorry. We met with a couple uh, some years ago or some time ago, and the person's like, they've never said, I'm sorry. If they only say, I'm sorry, it'll make it better. And I'm like, really? I agree, right? Like, if if the guy would just simply say, I'm sorry, things might be a little better. But the truth is, that wasn't a caveat in the scripture. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, if when you're praying, you know you got something, get right and forgive. There's another scripture that says, when you come to the altar and you're gonna give your gift unto God, your offering, if you remember that your brother has something against you, leave the offering, go get right with your brother, and then come back. That's how much God wants us to forgive people. He didn't say, I'm sorry. They don't deserve my forgiveness. You ever heard that before? And I bring it back to this. Do you honestly think that David Perez, and if I had a middle name, I would have inserted it, (laughs) deserves forgiveness from God? Because I don't. And you don't either but we receive it because forgiveness is an act of love, mercy, and grace. Forgiveness is an act of love, mercy, and grace. And we need to receive that forgiveness. And church, we need to get forgiveness. Do you know that many times we're upset with somebody that doesn't even know they offended us? I mean, have you ever had anybody talk to you and bring something up that you had no idea you did. Man, I remember, we, 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 <laughs> I've said this story many times. Some of you might have heard it, but I remember when we were youth pastors and and uh, God called us to leave and launch 3W or whatnot. And we did about two or three years later. We got a letter from one of our former young people expressing how they had forgiven us. We had no clue. I still don't know why they, I, I don't know. We still don't know what it was that offended this Young person. It took them three years. And they wrote in the letter. I, I, I don't know if I still have it or not. But they wrote on the letter. I just realized I couldn't worship. I couldn't pray. I couldn't have the walk with God I was supposed to. Because I was holding this in my heart with you against you. And I forgive you. And I wrote back, praise God. We love you. And if we did anything, I'm sorry. But I had no clue. And many of us are living like that. Somebody did something intentionally. It didn't mean to hurt us. They didn't do it on purpose, but it hurt us, and we're holding it, and we're holding on to it. Anybody here like monkeys? Monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah, monkeys. I'm not, it's not a metaphor. Monkeys. Literal monkeys, right? Listen. Talking about monkeys. When we went to the veterans' place a few months ago, we went to a to a to a veterans uh, a homeless area that deals with veterans, and we were talking to this one gentleman. He was a former navy uh, 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 serviceman, and um, and he was saying how when one of the first times he got on liberty, and I don't remember if it was in Africa or Asia, wherever he said he was on that port, they came out into the thing, and and there's this guy at the street corner that was selling a monkey. And the guy literally had like the monkey, like he was there and he was like, how much is the monkey? He's like, the monkey's like, it was like a hundred bucks. He's like, he got his money and he paid the guy and he bought the monkey and he took the monkey on the ship, right? Hit it under his coat, took the monkey on the ship, not knowing that those people, when they catch the monkey, they sedate the monkey. So the monkey was all calm, right? But on the ship after it left port, the monkey's medicine wore off. And He says the monkey was going all around the ship, messing up the beds, going crazy. We're like, what happened to the monkey? He's like, I don't know. I went to the master at arms. I was like, there's a monkey on the boat. How do he get on here? I don't know. And we don't know what happened to the monkey. Did it go overboard? We don't know what happened to the monkey. But anyways, do you know how they catch monkeys in these countries? See, they get a coconut or they get a jar. And if it's a coconut, they, they make a hole in the coconut that is just wide enough for the monkey to squeeze his hand in. And inside of the coconut or the jar, or whatever they're using, they put nuts or berries or fruit. And they put it out in the field. And as the monkeys come by, some of them are smarter than others or whatnot. But every once in a while, one will come by and it'll get the scent. And it'll go to the coconut. And it'll examine the coconut. And it'll get there and it'll
1: squeeze his hand
0: into the coconut And grab the food. And when he grabs the food, he tries to take his hand out. But how many of you know that when you squeeze your hand and you grab something, now it's bigger? So the hand can no longer leave the coconut and he fights with the coconut and he's trying to get it out. And if he only let go of the nuts, he could get his hand out and he could be free. But because he continues to hold on to it, there comes the trapper. And puts them in a bag or clocks them on the head, whatever it needs to do to take it because it would not let go. And man, the devil's catching a bunch of Christian monkeys with unforgiveness. He's putting out the traps and he makes the hole just big enough for us to stick our hand in and say, but they did this. But they did that. And I can't let go. And God says, I have forgiven you. And if you only let go, you'll be able to pull your hand back out and walk in the forgiveness, in the freedom, in the liberty that only comes from forgiveness. Church, we have been forgiven. We need to forgive and let it go. Let's put the definition one more time a feces release from bondage or imprisonment dismissal sending away and forgiveness with the added quality remember what do we talk about in week one you've heard that it was said but i say Jesus held us to a higher standard. So it's not just forgiveness. It's, no, it's forgiveness with the added quality of canceling out judgment, of canceling out punishment, of canceling out obligation and canceling out debt. And God has forgiven you and you and you and me. And now it's our turn to go out and walk in that forgiveness. You don't even have to call the person because that then leads you to trying to be more righteous than others and you to, to another sin, right? Why? Because you're like, oh, that person did this to me. I'm going to forgive them. I need to let them know. I need you to know something. I was at church this week and God ministered to me and I forgive you. You never said it. You never said you're sorry, but I forgive you. And you needed to know that. Hang up. Hmm. I feel so much better. No, now you're full of pride and you need to repent for that too. It's a heart thing. Your relationship with God, church, you've got to understand, it's a heart thing. So you receive forgiveness. ha. And then you forgive others. Whether they say I'm sorry or not. Whether they deserve it or they don't. Whether whether they're all apologetic or not. Because who's the one that's in the trap with their hand in the coconut? The monkey that didn't let it go. So I challenge you, church. Let it go. Take your hand back out. Lift it to the Father. Say, Father, I let it go. And not only do I receive your forgiveness, but I let go and forgive those who have hurt me. Church, remember every day. Remember every day you're called to a higher standard. Remember every day you can overcome temptation. And remember every day you have been forgiven and you're called to forgive